You're listening to What It's Like with Luce, a podcast highlighting ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I'm your host, Lucy Norris, and on today's episode, I'm chatting to Ireland's country director of Movember, the world's leading men's health charity focusing on tackling prostate and testicular cancer alongside mental health and suicide prevention. Working with the charity for seven years now, nonprofits were not always in this week's guest's future. Familiar with the concept of Movember through taking part as a college student, he was intrigued when he came across a job opening within the organization and went along to the interview out of curiosity. Bowled over by the passion behind the campaign, he jumped at the chance to work with them and even cancelled a trip to Southeast Asia to begin straight away. Chatting to me about his experiences campaigning so far, why there's been a lack of awareness for men's health and most importantly, why we should all take part in this month's activities and donate, Here's what it's like to be Jack O'Connor. A quick note just before we get stuck into the interview to say I'll be running 60 kilometers throughout the month of November in support of the charity and there'll be a link in the show notes for anyone who wants to donate or to find out how you can also get involved. Welcome, Jack. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. Um, I think that a really great way to kick things off would be to just talk about you for a minute um, and chat a bit about your background and your interest in working with charities and where that came from. Sure. So um, uh, my background um, is in kind of events and marketing and branding. Um, so uh, fairly far away from from the charity space. Um, now I, I I had worked with the likes of Jack Wills on their kind of marketing campaigns while, while I was in college, um, and when I was in college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and then as I was kind of finishing up my final year at Trinity, I had made up my mind that I wanted to go work in mental health. I wanted to, to become a, a psychologist and eventually do do my PhD in psychology. And so my my plan was to uh, to head to Southeast Asia on a one way ticket for a while, and okay. then come back and and yeah and do a, a postgrad in um in in psychology. Um, and then while I was doing my final year exams, I so a friend of mine, Niall, shared uh, shared this role in, at November. Now I, I'd taken part in November before. Uh, I'd grown my mow and all, all, all that, but. I, I kind of thought it was funny that he could go work for November. I, I, to be quite honest, I didn't really have a full understanding of, of the organization at that time. And so kind of more out of curiosity, I went for the interview and I met with the founders um, and um, spoke to them about the, the November journey so far, what their ambitions were for the next 10, 20 years. Um, and, and I really got an insight into the, the impact that the guys were having. And, and also their their approach to, to to men's health, which is having fun, doing good, and uh, and and of course changing the face of men's health. And um, well, look, long story short, I, I cancelled my my trip to Southeast Asia, and I started working on the Irish Movember campaign. And that was this is my seventh campaign now, so it's a little over six years ago. They must have so, made yeah. um, quite an impact on you to cancel that trip. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, like uh, JC was was one of the guys who who I really with he he was uh, his his ambition for men's health and the the extent uh of the work that Movember was doing not just in ireland but around the world and how many men it was helping was just really inspiring and um i really saw an opportunity to marry my experience with events and community development uh, 
uh, marketing and campaigns um, and and use that skill set for something something positive and and also it was it was connected to to my long-term ambitions with with psychology and, and mental health so uh, it kind of ticked a lot of boxes for me and and um, yes yeah, six six years later I'm, I'm still growing mustaches so for i'm sure that pretty much everyone knows what Movember is because you guys do such an amazing job of um, growing traction for your cause. But in case anyone has never heard of Movember and doesn't know what we're talking about, can you just in a nutshell explain what it is, um, why it was set up and what you guys are looking to combat with it? Sure. Um, so we are the, the world's leading men's health charity. And so what that means is we want men to live happier, healthier, and longer lives. And the way that we do that is by investing in programs and initiatives in the three most critical points of men's health. So prostate cancer, testicular cancer, mental health, and suicide prevention. And the way that we fund all of these programs is through our uh, annual mustache growing uh, campaign, which is obviously in November and, and, and it's called Movember, um, where guys all over the world grow mustaches and um, to raise funds and awareness for, for our programs. What does this charity mean to you personally as well because I know that um, when you went and spoke with them you know you got a really good vibe obviously it's such an amazing thing to support but I guess what I'm wondering is why this one in particular for you yeah like as I said I had never really thought about working for a charity before up until I found myself in that interview with the November guys um, and I suppose uh, what really attracted to me was obviously the, the mental health side of things, particularly the, the men's mental health side of things. Men's mental health is a is a is a tricky um, is a tricky issue. Uh, three quarters of suicides globally are are men, um, and and this is it's a really complicated problem. It's it's, it's weaved into guys not not talking. It's it's, it's cultural. It's societal. It's generational, um, and so I was really interested in how the guys were going about tackling that. Uh, so, so that's initially what really attracted me to 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 November. Um, but as I've as I've spent more time in the organisation, I've met more people who've been affected by testicular cancer, and prostate cancer, uh, all of the cause areas. I've really I've really grown to appreciate the the full impact of the work that we're doing both here in Ireland and, and globally. Um, and, and and to be quite honest, it's it's given me. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's an element of maturity as well it's given me an appreciation for the not-for-profit space that i really don't think that i had prior to working november so now i'm looking at other organizations like the, you know working in climate change and, uh, and working in a whole host of different areas that i think are really valuable it's really opened my eyes to to um what you can do um with your with your life's work um, when you kind of take making making a, a massive salary out of the picture um mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, for sure. I think um, it's, I always admire people that, you know, work for, for charities or non-for-profit organizations, because I think it must be such hard work to, you know, get your message across and get people interested um, to support. But, uh, you know, congrats to you um, for doing that, because I think it's such an amazing thing. But in terms of so you're trying to tackle an issue which is men's health, which mustn't be easy considering, you know, the stigmas around it. Um, and especially I feel like in a country like Ireland, I don't know if you have this opinion as well, but just in my opinion, I think we're quite conservative and, you know, we're, we're not so open in talking about, about all of these things. So when you initially started out um, with the charity, how did you find the experience of 
going out to people um, and trying to get them on board with what you guys were trying to do? Yeah, look, that's a really interesting question. Um, you know, November has been called the Trojan horse of men's health in that we lead with this mustache growing campaign that's loads of fun. Um, we throw parties. Um, we're, not your, we're not your typical charity. Um, and I think that's why guys vibe with us. That's why, um, that's why people listen to us. That's why the guys listen to what we've got to say is because we're authentic and we're, we're a bunch of guys just like them. Um, and I, I think that, that, that's, that that helps us to, to communicate our message uh, in terms of kind of the Irish society. Um, I, found, I found mixed reactions. Um, there are certainly pockets, pockets of the country that are still um, fairly traditional in their view of men and men's health and, and how a man should be. Um, but I've also come across some really, um, some really open-minded um, groups of guys who, who are you know, forward-thinking and, and uh, are, are kind of building, building the, the uh, archetype of what, of what the modern man could be. And how have you seen everything change, you know, from when you started to now? Have you seen a decrease in the stigma? Has it kind of been the same? Or what's your experience looking back on the, I think you said seven years that you've been working on this campaign? Yeah, I think there's certainly much more awareness around, particularly men's mental health. Um, a lot of people are talking about it now, um, which is really good. That's, that's certainly the first step. Um, and, and I think where we're at now is, is actually giving people the tools that they need to, to take the next step, which is to effectively support um, the people around them who might be going through a tough time and to effectively hold the space for, for those people who might be struggling. Um, and, and we've got a, a host of resources that, that we, we can give to people for that. They're on our website and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think it's going in the right direction and there's still a way to go. Um, there's still a way to go, but all in all, I think, I think progress is being made. Obviously, you guys started out as um, a charity to combat, combat sorry, um, prostate cancer and testicular cancer. But now, you know, you also focus on um, men's mental, mental health. So when did that switch come about or that addition come about and why did that happen? Yeah, so it was about eight years ago um, that, from a global perspective, November started to look at, at men's mental health and particularly suicide prevention among men. Um, and the reason for this is that as a men's health organization, as, as the, the, the leading men's health organization in the world, we couldn't ignore the fact that particularly suicide was becoming a largely male issue. Three quarters of suicides globally are men and in Ireland, that's fairly consistent with eight in every 10 suicides in Ireland um, being guys. So um, naturally that was, that was something that, that caught our attention and, and as an area that needed uh, us to come in and, and, and do some work there. Um, and as well, you know, we have a, a, a two-way relationship with our community, our community um, of Mo Bros and Mo Sisters all over the world um, were, were constantly telling us that it was an area that they valued and that they felt that we, we could help with. And so we start to, to develop our strategy and, and, and start rolling it out. And do you um, struggle, I guess, finding the balance between giving equal focus to um, your awareness for those cancers and then also awareness for the mental health side of things? I know that they, they must overlap and interlink, but especially, say, during a time now like COVID where men's mental health would be 
potentially much more of a prevalent issue because of what we're dealing with in the world. Do you ever find that sometimes the focus is taken off one area to put onto another? How do you balance um, both sides of those scales? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, so some of the cause areas have, have their, their awareness time, so to speak. Um, so for example, um, Testicular Cancer Awareness Month is in April. And we've got World Suicide Prevention Day um, in September. Um, and then Pros Prostate Cancer Awareness Month is in uh, November. Um, now, that said, you know, there are, are three main cause areas, but more broadly, we encourage men to just look after their health quite generally. And that encompasses all of our cause areas and kind of everything it encompasses being more active and, you know, being aware of their diet and not drinking too much and just generally being healthier men. Um, now, we will constantly be trying to communicate about these issues year round and the, the, the key dates that I've just outlined are, are, are really just when we zero in on one of them. But throughout the November campaign, what's important to remember is that um, with prostate cancer, the guys we're trying to get in front of are, are typically older men, 45, 50 onwards. And with testicular cancer, it's younger men, so 40 under. So you're communicating with, with different demographics. Now, when it comes to mental health, you're communicating with men across the board. And so that's something that we would, we have certainly ramped up throughout, you know, you mentioned COVID. And um, certainly throughout the lockdown, we, we ramped up a lot of communications about, about mental health and particularly about social connections, because social connections are probably the, the, the best um, tool that we all have readily available to, to combat um, mental health issues. You know, we did a piece of research um, a couple of years ago that identified some of the key risk factors for men's mental health. Um, and there are things like the loss of a job, parents being sick or the loss of a parent, breakdown of a relationship and stresses of parenting. And all of these things have been magnified in the pandemic. You know, people are worried about losing their job or they have lost their job. People are worried about their parents getting COVID. People are sometimes, you know, bickering with their partners because they're locked down together and they're like, their kids are wrecking their heads because they're all in lockdown. And so, um, as I said, social connections are one of the best things that we have to, to help alleviate these stressors. And yet social connections are under, under attack with the pandemic as well, because people haven't got the, they're not going in for the five side football. They're not going to the pub. They're not meeting their friends for lunch, for coffee. They're not hanging out with people in the office. There's less social interaction. And so a big part of our campaigns throughout the summer and indeed through the, the next six weeks will be promoting social connectivity in a time of physical distance. And we've got some tools on our website and, and throughout our communications campaign will help with that. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you about um, that whole thing of social connections in conjunction with social media, um, because I think it's a really interesting topic, which, you know, you could talk about for, for days, but I feel like there's this really interesting contrast between with social and mental health because you know so much of the time people blame social media for poor mental health but then in the same breath it's half of the reason why these conversations are opening up you know you're you're seeing your favorite influencers or whatever speaking about their mental health and you guys are like what you guys have done you've rolled out campaigns across social to get people talking in times when we can't physically be with each other so what's your take on social media and whether or not it's a positive or negative thing in terms of mental health yeah like social media and kind of any media is really um 
only as good as its message. So if, you know, you're constantly being bombarded by, you know, negative, negative messaging or, you know, fake news or whatever, it's going to be a negative medium. But if we use it for something positive and we use it to, to you know, get positive messages out there, messages of support, um, important information that is beneficial to people, um, and we use it to, to help people stay socially connected in, in a time of, of physical distance, then it, it certainly can be used as a tool for good. I think, you know, pandemic aside, lockdown aside, what social media has, or what social media often becomes is the, the highlight reel of people's lives um, and almost like a, like a, a status signaling thing that, you know, if, if, if all you do is scroll through people's highlights reel, um, and you know it's it's not going to leave you feeling particularly good about about you know what you're up to particularly if you're <laughs> sitting on the couch doing nothing you know um, and envy envy can sit in what i think is important for people to remember is that you know that is the social media is the highlight reel it's not it's not um it's not what people are doing day in day out um you know doesn't people don't show warts and all on social media i'm sure some people do but quite generally i think it's 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 a highlight reel yeah for sure i think it's so easy to forget that you know the majority of people are not going to post pictures where they don't feel like they're looking their best or you know when they're crying or whatever so um yeah it's just interesting to hear your take on that from from your charity's point of view as well. Um, And then obviously, you know, you mentioned COVID there and we spoke a little bit about it before we started um, recording, but your campaign is rolling out in the middle of our lockdown 2.0 or whatever you want to call it. Um, So I would be wondering how you guys are feeling about that, but then also how you're expecting it to go in terms of, you know, raising um funds because you know there might be some financial strain on everyone at the moment are you expecting things to to decrease in that sense or what's your feeling going into it yeah so just taking into account the the broader economic impact um of of the pandemic and um, we've we've dipped our we've dipped our targets and our, our expectations in terms of of funds raised um, now that said, I, I've been really inspired by the amount of support we've received so far. We're we're tracking really well in terms of people signing up for the campaign. Um, obviously, I, I said earlier on, this is a six-week campaign. We're in lockdown for all six of them, so it's going to be an interesting one. Um, but but I, I've been, it's been really heartwarming to to see the the people you know join the campaign and in spite of everything and um, you know gravitate towards something that's positive a movement for 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 good a movement for change um so yeah i i, I right now i'm feeling quite positive about it and um, we've we've been doing everything we can to to deliver a, a lockdown proof um and impactful campaign so um i, I really hope that we we can do that yeah, definitely. Um, and then can you talk more about the campaign that you're rolling out this month? I know that you have, I think you have four ambassadors. Sorry if I'm wrong about that. Um, and yeah, just just the process behind that and what that experience was like for you. Yeah, so we've got we've got a couple of, um, of media ambassadors on board, Darren Kennedy, Lawson and Pame and, and Harry McNulty. We've also got uh, Pat Tivoli out in Galway and, and Dara Stewart down in, in Cork. Um, and then we've, of course, we've got um, corporate uh, corporate ambassadors or, or workplace ambassadors all over the country, community ambassadors 
um, and we have student ambassadors. So we've ambassadors in, in uh, as many uh, pies as we can, we can get our hands on. I suppose the campaign is, is primarily going to be built around uh, mustaches as, as it usually is. Um, so what we're asking people to do is on the 30th of October um, to share a picture of themselves shaving down on their social media pages. Here we are using social media for, for, for something good. Yeah. Um, to, to share a picture of them using uh, or shaving down on the 30th and to nominate five of their friends to join them on their, their mustache growing journey. Um, and we're hoping to, to really kickstart things that way. Um, and then throughout the month, we've got a couple of things planned. We've got a, a, our launch event is with Bingo Loco. Um, that's obviously a, a virtual launch. And we're looking at um, various different pieces of content throughout the month with, with, with some surprises um, along the way. So, yeah, look, it's all coming together. Um, uh, and as I said, I've been, I've been really inspired by the support we've received so far. Yeah, it sounds like um, it's going to be quite an exciting month for you guys. And I hope that it all goes uh, well as well. Um, and so I guess moving back to the cancer side of things, what have you found is the primary reason why people won't go and get checked? Yeah, so it's an important thing to address. Um, typically amongst us guys, we're, we're not very good at going to the doctor. Yeah. It's called help-seeking behavior. We, we, we often play the ostrich. We stick our head in the stand and we hope things go away, um, which, is, which is really not, not the best strategy when it comes to, to cancer or, or, or indeed mental health. Um, but particularly with cancer, if, if you notice you've got that something's not right, so it could be a problem with your urination, it could be a lump in your testicle, it could be issues with your erections or uh, a whole host of different things. Um, but if you notice one of those things and you kind of, uh, you, you ignore it, you just hope it goes away, um, you know, you could be delaying a point of diagnosis. And when it comes to cancer, the earlier we can detect these things, the earlier we can get a diagnosis in place, the better chance um, we have of, of mitigating side effects, um, not only surviving, but you know, living well and, and fulfilled post-cancer. Um, and also it, it gives you more options. So it's super important um, that people, that people are, are aware of this and that they, they take action as soon as they notice something, um, something could, be, could be off. How have you found your campaign resulting in terms of getting younger men to go and get checked is it more challenging than getting older men to get checked or is it an equal balance um i think the younger guys are maybe a little bit more adaptive to the campaign i think when they see it they, they tend to engage with it the the more senior gentlemen are, are, are often a little bit more set in their ways um, and it can be harder to change change their behavior but um through 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 our campaigns i think we're making a difference and and as well we, you know through the guys and the girls who support the Movember campaign are Mo Bros and Mo Sisters. And um, if we can get through to them, uh, they can get in touch with their dads, their granddads, their uncles. And um, even if, if those guys might not have, uh, engage in the campaign to the same extent, if we can get through to anybody, um, they can have a, a conversation with, with the men who might be at risk and we can, we can impact them that way. It's certainly having an impact. I've had people who, um, who got in touch and uh, have said that in November, they decided they were going to check their testicles because of the campaign and they caught testicular cancer. And I've had other people who, because of our campaign, went to the doctor and got a PSA test, which is the, the initial screening for prostate cancer. 
and they caught their um, prostate cancer really early and were able to, to have an early intervention and, and, and avoid some of the more nasty side effects. So all of these things are, are success stories from, from our perspective. Yeah, it must be incredible to get that feedback to know that, you know, your campaign has essentially saved someone's life. Um, and have you noticed that COVID has um, impacted on even people's thought process of whether or not they're able to go and get checked or um, are checks not as readily available as they were before? How have you noticed the virus impacting the ability to go and, and um, look after your health when it's not got to do with the virus, if that makes sense? I don't have any data on this, but I've got some anecdotal stories and I've spoken to some, some doctors about this uh, and a lot of them are foreseeing um, uh, a future, uh, future surge in, in lately diagnosed cancers because they feel that a lot of people might not be, be going into hospitals and might not be going to get things checked out um, because of the pandemic. So I think it's certainly something to be considerate of. Um, but but I don't have any hard data to point to, so it's it's hard to say for sure. Um, but but yeah, I, I think it's it's absolutely having an impact. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. And as well, another one is um, is the the overall strain on the health service um, and the ability for them to to fulfill treatments and surgeries and stuff. I'm sure all of that stuff has been made more complicated and slowed down with, with everything that's been going on. So it's, it's had an impact in, in, in many different ways. Yeah, it's kind of a dangerous time when you think of it from that perspective, because I feel like you definitely think twice about going, you know, for, for maybe something that in your head at the minute is not that urgent in comparison with the virus. So it's definitely something I think that maybe they need to be a bit more vocal about the fact that you can still go and get your checks and things. Um, you know, they're operating as normal and um, not to ignore it if, it if you find something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and hopefully our campaign can, can get that message across. I guess just to wrap everything up, do you have a highlight from your time working on the campaign? Maybe I don't know, some event that you particularly enjoyed or some, some story that came across your desk that really impacted you or, or anything like that? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, there's been, it's been so long as well. There's been so many stories of people that have really impacted me. Um, there's been some mad, mad experiences as well. I remember those one year I was at the, um, the plowing championships and I was giving a, I was asked to give a, a men's health talk and, uh, I was like, okay, cool, let's do this. And they, they brought me into the, uh, the livestock ring where they, where they auction off the animals. <laughs> and I was in there with a microphone. I looked behind me, this big, massive, um, massive TV screen that was projecting uh, across the whole, the whole festival. That was, that was super mad. But in terms of impact, like, it, it's very hard to say. We've had some great times with the, the fire brigade um, to, uh, uh, and, and guards as well. I, I had the, the pleasure of going down to... Temple Moor and um, the Garda College and, and meeting some of the, the students who support us down there and, and some of the, the sergeants uh, to speak to them about the campaign. That was, that was really good fun. I think, I think quite generally, you know, we, we run the campaign on a, on a, on a shoestring here um, and we're, we're fairly tight for resources. And in, in November, uh, it's very difficult to, to get FaceTime with everyone. But in the springtime, I do a thank you tour and I get to, to go around the country and, and meet all the people, all the teams and who, who supported us. Um, 
And I think that's my favorite time of the year every year because you get to express your gratitude um, and you get to, to spend some quality time with, with the people who, who've engaged with the campaign, engaged with the message and, and have helped us uh, achieve, achieve our goals and, and, and who help us to, to do our work. Um, I, I, that's, that's always, I think, the, the most enjoyable part of what we do for me. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And, and I'm sure you've had some crazy times over the years working with this. Um, looking from your guys' social media, you definitely always take such an original, I guess, kind of cool is such a bad word to use, but yeah. take on on campaigning, um, which which I really enjoy to, to interact with and to see. So congrats to you guys um, and best of luck with Movember. I'm sure it will be a massive success. Um, and I just want to say thank you so much for giving up your, your time to talk to me and to tell us all more about why we should be supporting this incredible cause. So thank you so much. That was my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me on. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, please rate, share, and leave a comment if you like what you hear. And don't forget to follow at What It's Like Pod on Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. To find out more about how you can get involved with Movember and to donate, visit the links provided in the show notes. I'll be back on Thursday with more inspiring stories. But for now, this has been What It's Like with Luce.